לשידור ישיר ממחנה רמה בברקשיירס. Welcome to another edition of Parsha Talk. I'm Rabbi Elliot Malamed from the Highland Park Conservative Temple Congregation, Anche Emet, currently joining you from Jerusalem, Israel. Uh, and uh, joining me, my good friends, Rabbi Jeremy Kalmanovsky, Anche Chesed, New York City, Rabbi Barry Chesler, Salman Schechter Day School of Long Island. It's great to see you. It's great that we're here. This is, I think it's my third or fourth time doing, third time probably doing Parsha Talk from Jerusalem. Uh, Barry, you did it once, I think, right? Jeremy? Yeah, last year, two shows. Yeah, we were, this is the international version of the Parsha Talk. Uh, we're recording it a couple of days before the holiday of Shavuot. Uh, we are eagerly anticipating this event, including some other events, which still have not happened yet, which we will uh, leave blank right now. In the meantime, let's talk about Shavuot, because I'm sure the many listeners and viewers who are listening and watching us are interested in what we have to say about Shavuot, um, and that that it is an eager anticipation that we are um, counting down, as it were, through counting up uh, of these seven weeks. We're almost there. That in itself, I think, anticipates this moment. So I'm, I'm going to put out the, the topic, Shavuot, which includes things like the Tikkun, things like Ma'amad Har Sinai, the receiving of the Torah at Mount Sinai, and things like the custom of eating dairy. Uh, so I'm going, to, I'm going to randomly choose a subject or choose a person and say, pick a topic, go ahead. Starting off with Rabbi Jeremy Kamenovsky. Okay. Uh, okay, I will. I will, and it's something good and appropriate for you right at this minute and for Yaakov and what's her name? Gabi. Gabi? Gabi. Gabi Wax. Gabi Wax. So I know that my son, my oldest son, now 29 years old, Didi, uh, was born on the 25th day of the Omer. His breast was on the Lagva Omer. And so 29 years ago, the counting of from Passover towards Shavuot took on enormous significance we were counting down the days before our first child was born. So the prep, this it signifies in its ancient setting, the counting, count 50 days from, from the day after Passover, the second day of Passover until Shavuot. It, it signifies an agricultural reference. You're counting through this early phase of the harvest. How's the harvest going to be like? Um, you are counting your, as we count as Jews, towards the holiday. There was about physical liberation at Passover to the kind of spiritual uh, affirmation that is receiving the Torah. You're preparing for that. But in my case, back in 1994, we we're also counting the days till, till our baby was born. And you, right now. Well, I'm counting the days. Not about, it's not going to be. I'm counting down those days. We'll only know, you know what day we were on but in retrospect. Um, but but anticipation is really important. I mean, does 
If you look back at, you know, the chapters in the Torah, chapter 19 and 20 of the book of Shemot, where God reveals the Ten Commandments and speaks to the people of Israel, is there, you know, what can you point to in terms of anticipation in those texts? I mean, if we, we do read, you know, the Ma'amad Harsinai episode uh, on the holiday, um, it tells, it talks about three days, right? Be, be ready. For three days, um, it doesn't. It says something that that you know we would regard controversial. Of course, you know, don't go near, don't touch women, don't don't. Uh, you know, in, in the context, obviously, it's be focused, be focused, and and be be absent from any kind of concern relating, to, of course, to the body, um, because something important mm-hmm. is going to happen. And the the important anticipatory event is that God is going to break through. And this, the whole idea that that we've built, you know, Judaism is built on on God breaking through to humanity, or God breaking through specifically to the Jewish people. So I want to say there's a universal component to this, but a very particular component to this as well. And Barry, I want to get your reaction to that, saying, you know, this is a covenantal moment that God is speaking, but but. I mean, the Midrashim, and of course, you know, lots of Jewish thought has gone into the idea that this is a moment unprecedented in the universe that God kind of broke through. What do we say about so, that? So, I think I may have mentioned this before, but this is one of those years when I stopped counting the Omer on the second day. <laughs> and the, the problem is Friday night. Yes. So, most Friday nights I dive in early, can't count the Omer until after... Um, the stars go out and a lot of times on Friday night I forget and yeah. it so happened that this year the Friday night was the second night of the Omer right but the reason why I mention it is because the counting of the Omer the way we do it unlike the way that Jeremy has described it is actually a spiritual counting of the Omer its sole intention is to link Pesach and Shavuot and what I'd like to suggest is that Pesach is a holiday about spiritual freedom, about physical freedom, where Shavuot is a holiday of spiritual freedom. Spiritual freedom is identified with Matan Torah, the giving of the Torah, which has to be received, not just given. And it seems that what we have on Shavuot is perhaps an inability to properly appreciate it if we don't count the Omer and link it with Pesach that it cannot exist on its own. And the rabbis already suggest this by identifying it as Atzeret, the 50-day conclusion to the holiday of Pesach. They saw this as one long season. And um, it, it seems that this spiritual component requires a physical dimension as well. And therefore, what we have is not just the particular and the universal, which I'm not sure I entirely grasp, but I'll allow it because it allows me to emphasize another polarity, which is between the physical and the spiritual. Interesting. Well, you know, I, I, I'm relating to the particular and the universal only in the sense that, that in particular, you know, so God is speaking to B'nai Israel as they are assembled at Mount Sinai. That's a specific moment, a specific place, a specific audience. And yet, I'm very captivated by the Midrashim that say things like, you know, 
There was complete silence in the universe. There was, you know, the voice of God went from one end of the universe to the other. And it's like, it's like that, that this moment is unimaginable in the sense that it's, um, you know, a singularity. I, I, I'm, well, I'm probably using a wrong I term here, but... I want to suggest a different reading. So one of the great Midrashim is that all that was revealed was the first letter of the first commandment. Yeah. Which is Aleph. Aleph, which is silent. Which has, which has no sound. Yes. But it's still vocalized in in Hebrew because all letters in Hebrew have a sound. There is There really are no silent letters as we understand them. Right. Because that makes no sense in, in the Hebrew language. Yes. So... There is something about Shavuot and about the Torah that exists in at least two different dimensions. We can't make sense of it if we only focus on one. Right. And, you know, one of the things we were talking before we started recording about how the Tikkun Leo Shavuot has become popular in the last few hundred years, perhaps because of the introduction of caffeine to the modern diet. But I wonder how many of the people who actually participate in the tikkun, which, as we discussed before, is not limited to religious people, actually count Omer. But in other words, does Shavuot for them exist as a one-off holiday, or do they actually see it as complementing and completing Pesach? So I, I certainly think that that you know it, it's become popular in the sense that it's a um, an evening, it's it's an unusual kind of evening. I mean, you know, it's a staying up all night or, or you know, building a programming. Some shuls are creative in doing, you know, programming before before the evening. Some, you know, will do mini tikkuns. I think over a couple of years ago, we, we spliced it out over a couple of days. You know, I mean, it, it is a marathon to do. I mean, when I was, it's not easy to stay up all night to pull an all-nighter. We used to do that in college all the time when you had an essay due, you know. Uh, but but um, uh, it's it's hard. You you get pretty shattered afterwards. <laughs> I don't know. And the, the last time you know I did a full tikkun um, was many 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 years ago uh, because you know on Shabbat uh, you know we have to function, have to function as a pulpit rabbi, and the people that are older. Uh, come to shul and have, you know, the luxurious long davening, and so, and and um, you know they hear they hear the learned words. You know we do we do teach and we do you know enjoy talking about the theme of you know the, similar to the themes that we are talking about now. Um, so but but the idea that there's something there's a special event going on. Look, I'm I'm sitting in Jerusalem. You know there's a map of every tikkun taking place. You know, in Jerusalem, there are dozens of these events. Hundreds and hundreds of people will be out in the middle. You know, it's it's really a happening event, and it's and all across Israel, especially Tel Aviv, there'll be a secular tikkun um, where you know people are gathering to study. What an amazing thing! It's it's you know I, I want to say uh, in in the kind of the, the the exhilarating way. You know what? What other people does this kind of thing? What you know? Let's make an evening that that everybody stops and studies something, and call that an experience. I think it's 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 phenomenal. Um, that alone, I think. Well, it certainly is a phenomenon. Yes, you know, and and it 
it's fun. And and does it change anything? That, no, it, it, it's, it's about an experience that puts you in contact with something larger. And, and you know, whatever the themes that we choose to teach on this evening, um, they tell us that we're part of a, a literary tradition, a textual tradition, and we're all reaching for, for something. Not only answers, but we're reaching for the ways to to express some questions. And we have some big questions, I think. See, I think that this part that you're saying right now is is really critical. I don't, you know, it, with Judaism, you know, I find myself especially explaining to people who are who are converting. Um, you know, Judaism is is a, a, a is a, a variety of things. Like, you know, I think Christians understand that Christianity is a religion and it's a teaching about God and it's teaching about you know, metaphysical things and ethical things got social dimension, but it really is in a matrix of sacred scripture, sacred behavior. Um, Judaism is that stuff too, but it's also like a deeply ethnic, you know, experience and a deeply ethnic, you know, like you're part of this arm, you're part of this international people, you have its history, you have its language, it's a relationship to a certain kind of place. All these things are true. Uh, I spent all these years i basically tried to these years that i've been working rabbit it's like we have to think we have to remember this judaism is not just bagels it's not just you know whatever kind of specific kind of jewish humor it's not just the experience of eastern european jews which let's remind ourselves that there's lots of jews even most jews are not eastern european jews and and we don't want to be too you know ashka centric here um and then lo and behold in the last few years, because of the increasing multiracial quality of Judaism and the multi-ethnic quality of Judaism, and so many people coming in from not having been born into in, Jewish families, and so you know you no longer feel like like oh Eastern European that's the thing. Um, now I, I feel a little bit of the diminution of those ethnic things that I that I regard as precious too. Um, but Shavuot is great at least partly because this one really is the religious holiday this one is the cultural holiday because passover it's deep associations with with uh you know your family seder it's a real family holiday it's the high holiday of the home sukkot sukkot is is a, a joyous time coming on the back of the high holidays it sometimes you know has a particularly social feel to gathering in sukkot and this one, because you, because everybody who observes it, to whatever degree you observe it, if it's going to a tikkun, if it's going to synagogue to hear the Ten Commandments, if, if it's counting the Omer on your way there, which I agree with Barry, is a really, really critical enhancement in the anticipation factor. But when you come to these tikkunim, where you study whatever you study, you are saying this is a sacred literary heritage, sacred ideas, sacred books, and you're engaging with them. So I feel great about Shavuot as a holiday of, you know, a holiday of the book for the people of the book. A holiday of conversation and a holiday of chavruta, you know, and, and a holiday that that enables you to disagree with people and yet um, share in the commonality. I mean, that's what, what you know, study of Torah really is. I mean, it's it, when you think about it, you know, this is the, the way that we build the people is through the respectful dialogue and disagreement and, and you know, um, the, the explanation and, and, you know, thinking about, uh, you know, all the different kinds of interpretations of, 
uh, I, today I was I was trying to make the connection between Sne and Sinai. I'm, I'm trying to prepare a a, a, a sheet on on Sinai. It's bush league um, stuff, though. It's bush league stuff. So that's the real that's the real etymology, of course. That's the that's <laughs> the real etymology. Real etymology. Remember, at the end, the at the end of the you've got those other midrashim we were talking about of other word plays, but at the end, 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 end of the Torah, where we have you know we read it on. On, on Simchat Torah, we don't even read it in, on a Saturday cycle, but uh, it's it's Ritzon Shochni God is described as the one who dwells in the in the bush, and it's got to be the case that the the sne that Moses goes to see, and then you know God says at the burning bush, you're going to come back here and worship me here. It's got to be the sne mountain, and that's Har Sinai. So the the the, the article that I was reading on this. Put forth a theory that that hasne hasne as opposed to sne, the you know it's the sne meaning in a, in a way a collective like hatsfardea the frog meaning a big huge we we have this image that Moses you know sees a little a little bush and it's on fire but this this writer was saying that no it's the whole mountain on fire it's a whole it's a whole you know and it, it's a kind of um, anticipatory scene of Sinai because uh, Sinai is the the mountain is on fire and the mountain is not being consumed when it's on fire uh, and and Moses has yeah, that I think the grateful dead goes to that too the what the grateful dead fire on fire the fire on the mountain okay 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 all right that's not what they meant but, you know, but let's can we just do one more thing about sure. the same mountain for a second you know, we talked about so so that's super dramatic, right? The whole mountain is you know fire. Uh, it's burning up to the heart of heaven, and that's that's super dramatic. And this mountain is is like a big mountain, so big in importance, not necessarily uh, Rocky Mountain, not necessarily uh, you know Everest. As a matter of fact, by tradition, you know, it's not not such a big mountain, and the, and the bush is not such a, a sequoia tree, such a redwood tree. It's a little bush. And and there's something great about Moshe uh, recognizing the smallness of the bush deserves deserves uh, you know attention. Um, Moses' greatness is he recognizes in this unassuming little bush, little scrubby thorn bush, that the divine presence is radiant in there. And then he goes back to the mountain and, and brings the people, and maybe that's the same thing. But then in in Melachim, um, first Melachim Aleph chapter 19, Elijah's running away from Ahab and he goes back to that same mountain. And that's this amazing, amazing scene where, you know, he's, God says, come out. You know, he's hiding in the cave. God says, come out. And God passes. First, there's a, you know, a, a, a great wind and God's not in the wind. And a great earthquake and God's not in the earthquake. A great fire, God's not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice called Mamadaka. And that's a kind of revelation that really we can really relate. I think I can really relate to revelation, not not necessarily being in thunder, but in in silence. Like you know, we talk about the first, the all of the revelation is just the first silent Aleph, as we were saying. You know, yeah. um, that's Elijah's revelation. Just the still small voice, or called Mamadaka, actually is maybe the voice of subtle silence. Not not still small voice, but the voice of subtle silence. Ah, that's beautiful. I could relate but, to that. But, but isn't it so, interesting that that's the that's the complete counterpoint to to Exodus nineteen twenty? You know that uh, this great blast of the shofar, 
Moshe Daber Bakol, that God will answer him in 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 a vo- in a sound or a sound that there's and that the people can't really hear or they can't discern what is being said to them. I mean, that whole experience is an experience is an impossible experience. And so maybe maybe we need a we need the smallness. I mean, you know, when when people have it's interesting how you know, people do do still have their spiritual moments in silence, unless they go to a Springsteen concert, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. So or, what I want to suggest is that <laughs> there's a kind of poetry in the in the Sne and Sinai, because I think properly the bush is a small bush, and the mountain, however we're going to configure a mountain, is certainly larger than a bush, and it's all about one's perspective. When Moses turns aside to look at the bush, the bush becomes the entire mountain because in it he sees God. Interesting. interesting. And I think it's important to recognize here that revelation, I mean, you use the word conversation or dialogue because revelation demands a response. The, you know, the question is often asked, does God speak in one voice at Mount Sinai or does he speak in every voice? And how critical is the response of the people to make God's word revelation? God could speak into the vacuum. That's not revelation. If no one hears his word, what has been said? What has been said? And I think that one of the things we need to remember when we read the Torah on Shavuot, either day actually, that the voice of God demands our response. And so even though the people are petrified in the image that we get in the Torah, that's part of their response, and that's what makes a revelation. You know, I want to say that that's probably one of the reasons why Shavuot among the holidays is the least popular because it because it's the most misunderstood the most misunderstood holiday I think that it's it's um the one day two day holiday uh and I think I think the idea that revelation demands a response is deeply unsettling for many people I think many people, uh, to be challenged by by God in this way, just say like you know, leave me alone. I I, I can be challenged well, by glimpses. Okay, I can be challenged by. No, you could think though that on Sukkot, all you really need to do is sit in the sukkah. Yes. On Pesach, in a sense, all you really need to do is eat matzah. But on Shavuot, you have to respond to the voice of God. That's Indeed. what's unsettling. It's very unsettling. It's very difficult. Well, maybe it's easier to talk about food. Let's let's talk about food for a second because we do have dairy associated with with Shavuot. I, I would propose that 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 probably has an early strata strata of of meaning uh, connecting Shavuot to mana and to food, and that Shavuot. Being a holiday that you know celebrates the harvest, transitions Israel away from its dependency on God for heavenly food, which is white and sweet, uh, to to grain, and so it commemorates the manna. It, 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 there and and eating of dairy, in a sense, ought to give you an echo of this great miracle that accompanies Israel through the desert. In the same way that that Sukkot commemorates the miracle of God's you know, hovering over the people, protection, in the same way that Passover commemorates the miracle of the Exodus. So, so Shavuot is a mana holiday, and of course we have the the other tradition that you know this was before the giving of the Torah, 
uh, the people had to repair if they had no way of, you know, uh, knowing the laws relating to kashrut. And so, therefore, they only ate dairy as to uh, prevent themselves from any uh, untoward violation of a kashrut law. But, but um, you know, it's evolved to us. Nice, to- nice, nice. Nice, uh, n- n- nice little. That's a, that's a great little drash, humorous um, about you know they don't know they don't know kashrut, so that's why they have to. Uh, it's of course not the reason, but it's fun. It's fun. Yes, they also only waited three hours. We should add that. <laughs> <as well. laughs> Do you know it? It makes me think. By the way, like you know how, um, you you know how. Uh, uh, you know, many of our customs are located in, in the world's, you know, the other cultures and the world's folklore and Purim is our, is our spring carnival and everybody's got their spring carnival, everybody's got their Mardi Gras, all all peoples and their ethnicities have their Mardi Gras and, and our rituals, our wedding rituals and our, you know, Hanukkah is our winter solstice rituals and all religions and all ancient peoples have their winter solstice rituals. It makes me think, and I, I simply don't know the answer, but intuitively, I bet you that there's something about the birth of spring lambs and the birth of spring cows that that other cultures also have a dairy thing in the in the sort of late spring, early summer. That's just a guess, but it just intuitively I think that makes well, sense. Pesach is the lambing festival because you know, you eat lamb on Pesach. You know, would would Shavuot have been a dairy because because of Dairy product, yeah, good, good guess. We don't have to kind of think about that. Um, let's ask the wilderness. Let's ask the wilderness. My guy. wilderness cooking guy. Right? <laughs> no, but but um, you know, what about food associations with holidays and 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 the fact that 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 does certainly make it fun and makes it joyful. It brings it into the kitchen. It communicates uh, any number of messages. Uh, you know, there is information in cooking. Obviously, um, and culture, food is food is culture. Food, food is culture in the culture. deep way. But by the way, the, the the you know I'm a big 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 fan of the writer Shai Agnon and and uh, Agnon's great great story Hasiman the 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 science it's, it's a wrenching terribly painful story about um, his his observance in Shavuot when he's learned it's got to be 1943 uh, or. Yeah, it's probably 1943 on Shavuot. He has learned that Buchach has been overrun by the Nazis. His town in in, uh, in Galicia has been overrun by the Nazis. And he, as he does every Shavuot, he stays up all night and recites the poems of Ibn Gabirol. And in this in this story, Gabirol comes to him and and writes a poem in an elegy for Buchach, which he forgets. It's just this great symbol of the inaccessibility of memory. But in the course of that story, he has this great line. He says, and I'm sure you've heard the joke before, but it, and maybe maybe he didn't make it up. Maybe he, he heard the joke before too, but it's great. In Sukkot, you get to eat what you want, but not where you want. In Passover, you get to eat where you want, but not what you want. And in Shavuot, you get to eat what you want, where you want, best holiday. Well, there's something to be said for that. I mean, even those of us who don't eat dairy, and there may be many viewers and listeners who, for one or another reasons, either because of their dietary proclivities or their lactose intolerance, find this holiday to be somewhat difficult. So However, we can be very creative with that. <laughs> a question for you, though, Elliot, as a as a vegan, is do you actually have food associations with the various holidays? You know, since obviously very- you don't have the traditional ones of meat or dairy. 
So I don't, I don't get, get too wrapped up in it. You know, it's, it's, it's still a kind of curiosity. You know, for example, on Pesach, I'll, I'll, we'll have a roasted beet on the, on the plate, the Seder plate, as, as opposed to a, a shank bone. Um, I'm kind of happy about that. I, I don't want to be too, you know, fervent about it. And, and you know, in the, in the vegan world, you can, there's so many different substitutes now for dairy. It, it doesn't even matter at this point. No, it's not that. But in other words, I think that in my family, certainly there are specific foods associated with the holidays. So we always have stuffed cabbage on Sukkot. Yeah. And mushroom barley soup. No, I, it's, it's been flattened for me. I mean, we're, we're, we've become very eclectic in, in our menus. So it'll be interesting to see if, over time, you develop certain associations to give, because as Jeremy said, food is culture. You know, we we do, for example, for the tikkun, we have a, a Sunday, we ice cream Sundays. You know, since when is that a you know traditional food? You know, cheesecake maybe a blintzim maybe a cheese Danish maybe. You know, um, but and, and and the fact that all of these are associated with the holiday, I think, adds. Um, just a, a layer of joy and uh, another layer of uh, vo- soluble. Fat. Well said. <laughs> well, this is this is this is a perfect. Your your mana association is right on target. Esasher efu tofu. Yeah, exactly. That's what, that's, that's what the 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 verse is. Whatever they bake, they bake. Esasher efu tofu. That's what it was. It was tofu. tofu. So we waited for hundreds and hundreds of years to realize the proper interpretation of manna from now on. Well, tofu you know, tofu is a white substance, and you can also make make some very interesting frozen desserts. You can make anything with it. You can make but anything. We've, we've moved to cashew milk and, and coconut milk. Salt. What's that? I've been making tofu because, you know, D, D and Ariel are. No, you froze. Didi and Ariel, um, they're, not, they're not total vegans because they're ovo lacto. Dasi is fish, but she doesn't eat meat. Shy is like Didi. So I've been, uh, uh, you know, sprinkle a little sprinkle a little uh, uh, cornstarch and spices on tofu cubes and roast that baby up. It's yummy. It's very, very delicious. It's very delicious. And so I, I said, you know, uh, between coconut milk, coconut cream, cashew milk, I make an ice cream. I'm telling you. It's 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 to die for or to die from. I, don't know. <laughs> die from. I hope you're able to tell the difference between. <laughs> so, no, no. Um, but uh, uh, we we you know we, we're we're coming to the end of our our little time together, and uh, just thinking about these these serious themes and about about Jewish peoplehood, the the connection to Torah, um, and and the invigoration that I think. We all get through the study of Torah, and I think I think if there's one message of Shavuot, it's that you know, and and if something if there's something that we could you know convey to the people watching us who have been so devoted to us, um, it's like pick anything, you know. I mean, if, what would you tell someone who said who said I want to I want to study something, um, and and you know where we all start and say look, what would I tell you, you know, um, I I, I want I love this exercise, which is pick a verse from every parsha, or maybe pick a verse from the first four parshiot or six parshiot of Breshit, 
or pick a verse from the pick, you know, do a random selection. Take the seventh chapter of every book of the Chumash and read it just randomly or roll the dice, that kind of thing. And you'll never guess where it takes you. You know, the 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 serendipity of the study of Torah is is awesome, especially when you are connected to someone else. And I think that that's really the the message. It's yeah, we we you know we can all read books and we can all you know ask questions of ourselves, but it's Torah ena niknet ella You acquire Torah in a community or in the smallest community that you can imagine, which is more than one, basically. Unless because the the Torah is actually in the in between. Yeah, it's not with one or the other, and that's. What we have to remember on Shavuot. Dean. Jeremy, what would you, if someone said to you, how, give me something, tell me something to do to enhance my Shavuot, what would you tell them in terms of study? Well, in terms of study, I don't know. I think, I think you, you know, you can only, you can only learn where, where you, when you're where you want to be. So it would seem to me that. Uh, you know, there's, there's going to be there's going to be people for whom you know poetry is it, or or history is it, or theology is it, and I would say you have to go do your thing. But if I were to if I were to play, I would say perhaps that the Pesikta uh, Darab Kahana is an ancient midrash of synagogue homilies in the land of Israel uh, has a spectacular collection of stuff about about the different things that people heard and how each how each debor came to to people in 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 their own way and they heard it with their own you know unique experience and that the that the uh it's it's called it's uh you know uh the the voice of the lord comes in the strength and which there is the according to each person's capability which I think is pretty great. Like everybody, there's one divine revelation, but there's an infinite number of of, of refractions through human experience. I think that's that's right. that's a message that I would want to give people for Shavuot. Absolutely, everybody has an ownership. Everybody, it's like this is your birthright. This is your inheritance. You you own this. This is yours. Uh, you got this. One of the single most important teachings of Torah is that don't be intimidated by it. You know, and and let let either a serendipity guide you, or let 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 or feel drawn somewhere. Let yourself be drawn into it, uh, and you'll experience some joy. I think, and of course, a blintz also wouldn't help, wouldn't hurt, <laughs> wouldn't hurt. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, I think a. Uh, there's a cow release tradition in Sweden. The cows have been in the barns all year, and in the spring, <laughs> they let the cows out of the barns. And there it's a big, go. it's a big kind of folk festival, and they go. drink milk. So there you go. The right Swedes, the Swedes have have it in, reinforced my intuition. There you go. So it's just Norse mythology. Have a and and is, is not well known, but the land of Israel and Sweden are actually very close. There you go. There you go. <laughs> 
Etymologically, yes, I also. <laughs> you see where Torah takes us. You'd never, you'd never know this. <laughs> At any rate, we are come to the end of our time together. It's been great. We want to thank our viewers and listeners for spending this time for us. We wish everybody a beautiful Shavuot. Whatever you're studying, whatever you're doing, enjoy it. Rejoice. Stay up. Stay up a little bit. Stay up a lot. Eat some dairy or make believe dairy. And um, enjoy the Chag, and we'll see you again on another edition of this wonderful Pancha Talk. Thanks for watching. Chag Sameach.